And now, Five Star Properties and Pod Slamajama present Let's Rage Crew streaming on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Welcome in to another edition of Let's Race Cougs. Dayan Dunlap, Chris Gardner, and Keith Gazi. Man, I mean, where do we start? I mean, final score, 48-30. Houston falls to another Big 12 foe, Kansas. At home, home opener. And honestly, it was ugly. Where should we start? Who, 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 who would like to take the reins first? I could go first, man. no i thought man we actually had a great start uh we started off two touchdowns 14-0 and then once we threw uh clean tune through that picket all hell went loose i think they had scored uh four touchdowns in a row after that and then from there on i just felt like no whether it was the offense or defense nothing was clicking like it was it was all bad everywhere and the, let me chime in, Dan, if I can, man. Um, the biggest disappointment today, the defense got gashed, man. I mean, Kansas is legit, apparently, because they just gashed. QB Daniels, just, he did whatever he wanted to, running the ball, passing the ball. What did they score? Six straight to d- touchdown drives after trailing 14-0. They hadn't. The Cougs had no answer for the Jayhawks. And who'd have thought that, man? <laughs> who'd have thought something like that would happen? I mean, KU's offense really impressed me, and the Cougs' defense just looks really, really confused and disjointed. And I'm beginning to wonder, is it talent, coaching, lack of talent, lack of coaching? I don't know. What is it, Dan? What do you think, man? Man, for me, the, the – the most disappointing thing, it, it wasn't the defense. In my, I know the defense was disappointing, but the most for me was was the quarterback. I mean, fifth-year quarterback, that pick that he had really turned the game. It was um, 14 nothing, if I'm not mistaken. You throw that pick, and Kansas 14, just – 14-7. Oh, 14-7. Okay, yeah. it was 14-7. Um, they go up 14-0, then Kansas answered. Then you throw the pick, and then they score, what, six straight possessions. But – for me personally, like I, um, on our last Pod Slam Jam episode, I bought into the hype. Take it out of. Yeah, I, I bought into the hype. I was hyped on Clayton Toon, how he ended the season, how he played the second half against Texas Tech. I, I was literally bought into the hype. And then the last two games from my, I expected more, I should say. And from time to see him holding the ball, holding the ball. Okay, you, who was getting pressure? I give them that. He was getting pressure, having extend plays. But there's time he's holding, holding, holding the ball. And um, Coach Belk said over the summer how now he's throwing players open. It's not always going to be pretty line up your first read, second read. You just – sometimes you got to make good throws that defense can't defend. And I haven't seen that from a six-year – um, senior quarterback. Um, running game was was decent. They started off really well. Both running backs played well. Um, the passing game has just been non-existent. I mean, I don't know what it is. They're just having to scheme up passing plays. No one seems to be getting open. I know Tank is NFL talent for sure, but 
So I'm not going to say it's the receiver, it's the position. I, I don't know what it is from an offensive perspective. Defense, I think it's nutrition. I mean, they had played a lot, and then they've played three straight quarterbacks who can extend plays. This one, without a doubt, was the best one. Jalen Daniels, I, I think, is the real deal. He, um, he's been consistent throughout this couple of years. But for me, their disappointment was offense and the quarterback play. Pocket? Yeah, um, definitely that for sure. And it, of course, like O-line, they, there's a problem there. Um, I have a friend who's on the coaching staff. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but he said definitely the O-line, there's some youth there that, you know, they need to coach them up for sure. But then Clayton Toon, just like Deion said, like 50-year uh, senior quarterback, like it doesn't make sense that he it feels like he's just folding under the pressure and he's sometimes he's able to extend those plays, but at the same time, like the broadcast had mentioned that he's fifth in all of college football in con- most consecutive starts, I think with like 34. So that it's not really, sh- that's not showing from, you know, just from watching him play these last two games, the UTSA game, he put the team on his back and he was doing some clean tune stuff as we would say, just because of how he's played over the last year or two, what about, these what last about- two games. What about from a Big 12's perspective? They were hyping up this game. This is our um, invitation to showcase, like, the Big 12. It's our first home game against the Big 12. Then you lose back-to-back games to teams who are in the bottom of the barrel in the Big 12, teams who are are not in the upper extra line. So what does that say to Houston football programs specifically about next year and years to come about joining the Big 12 in your guys' opinion? Well, to me, it says that, the program isn't ready for the Big 12 to compete in the Big 12, let alone in the compete in the middle of the Big 12. I'm not even considering the top tier of the Big 12. Yeah. UH is not ready for the middle tier of the Big 12, and that's coaching, that's talent, that's administration, and I hope we get some, some fans who are at TDECU Stadium today to chime in with comments to let us know about the experience, because I think we saw it on Twitter, about the delays fans had getting into the stadium, uh, the problems at concessions. I don't know if it was understaffed, you know, not enough staffing there or what, but Dan, you, you and I have had this talk. Oh. Houston has talked about for a long time, wanting to be a big time program. Well, you don't act like a big time program. I'm talking about administration, not just on the field, on the court. If there were problems with fans getting into the stadium, that's not a big time program. You got to, we're not expecting a large crowd. You, you, you wanted a large crowd for this game. As Deion said, they were hyping it up as a Big 12 preview, all those kind of things. And then you do a piss poor job of having fans, tickets, and concessions, and all those things. This is not a big time program. As an alum, I'm an alum. If folks who are, who are not used to seeing my face on these or hearing my voice, I'm an alum. So we have to do better. We, we can talk a good game. Yep. We talk with the best of them. Well, it's, it's past time for us to put up or shut up. You know, we want to be, be, be a big-time program. Act like a big-time program. Chris Tesman, no. et cetera. I Go ahead, Aki. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Like, even, uh, even through last year when the news came out that we were going to join the Big 12, I mean, we had some great wins. We had a good season. But at the same time, I still didn't, you know, feel that, 
you know, at least not from the, you know, from the football team's perspective that we were like at that level just yet for basketball, whole different case, like coach Samson and what his staff has done, like from day one, they were already thinking 10 steps ahead, like that this is the program we're going to build. And these are the teams we're going to compete with, but it has not, it's been the opposite case with, with regards to the football program and even going back to last season we lost to tech that was another that's a game that we are supposed to show you know that we are a big 12 team and then we play them again this year and we had many opportunities to win that game and we didn't show it so and then we didn't show it tonight against you know a kansas team that you know they're they're off to a good start they're three and oh but at the same time they have not historically or at least not recently, they've been that team in the Big 12 to compete for championships. For sure. And before we continue, I would like to let you guys know that this show is sponsored by Five Star, Five Star Properties, a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum. If you're facing foreclosures or need to sell a home as is for cash, call 972-532-SALE or visit their website, fivestarprops.com. That's fivestarprops.com. And um, I want to talk to, touch upon your other point, Chris, um, really about from an administrative perspective. Um, they put out um, an email showing different th- um, renovations, a thing that they're changing, whether it's food, whether it's a lot of different things. And one thing that I saw that they're doing also is new. They're having a student ambassador. And from when I was in undergrad, my first, I would say, two years, all you had to do was show the student ID to get in free. And now all of you, they claim a certain amount of student tickets in which I think that regresses because you should want students to be able to get in free. I mean, we know how fickle the Houston crowd is in regards, especially coming off of laws to Texas Tech. And when you got 6,000 already claimed student tickets, now you students are pursuing more, you having to release more. Why not go back to the old system, allow students to show their ID if you want to the crowd. And then you get to the concession stand. You got big names like Turkey Lake Hut, who is not affiliated or having their concession stand anymore. Different things, little things that like Chris says, that's administrative go a long way to being a, a big program or ready to be a big time program in the major power conference. And so I mean, it, it's a lot that has to be done, but strictly from a sporting perspective, these last two weeks, I, I'm not going to lie, I bought, I was bought into the hype. Over the last year, with the way the schedule rolled in, I, I really thought that the team was taking the next step to not be in that bottom tier. Because I, I said this on the last podcast, it's, t- it's tiers in college football. It's the upper tiers class who's competing every year to win their conference and to be in the college football. Then it's the middle and the lower tier. I was thinking like Cincinnati, for example, who the last couple of years removed themselves from that bottom tier. It was like up in the mid tier to almost crossing that top. But they're competing year in and year out to be conference champions. They lost to an Arkansas team who's a really good team now. And so I thought Houston was turning that edge, but – over these last couple of weeks, I think I see who they are and where they are. What's your guys' perspective on where the program is? Does it need another shakeup? I don't think so because that takes the program back a couple of years once you do. And let you get a coach in there 
that can light it up immediately. But I mean, what's what's the next step? What what from here? I mean, people's already chamoring. We got comments. So we're basketball season already here. <laughs> what, what's the f- football program to do? It's I want to go first because the frustration is is already here after just three games, and the team after week one. You know, I could said it. Clayton Tune looked great after game one. He looked Superman after, after the first game. These last two games, he has not looked good, let alone great. Um, and Texas Tech, Kansas, these are not football football powers that the team, that the Cougs are struggling against. So it's just, I did not buy into the hype. I was more show me this season, prove it to me kind of thing. You know, last year's schedule was pretty easy. You know, the bowl win over Auburn was, was nice, but Auburn wasn't a, a great shakes team either. It was good that they were a team from the SEC, so that looks good. But coming into this season, many of us figured, well, game against UTSA would be a win. Should be difficult. No shade on UTSA, but okay. It was more difficult than we all thought it would be. We circled Texas Tech as a game to show where the Cougs are. They lost. Fourth and 20, gave up first down on fourth and 20. The defense had a lead in that game. And blew it. Now today, Coach Hogan said on Monday at this press conference, at his session, this Kansas team is not the Kansas team of, 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 of old, previous year. This is not the same Kansas team. Offensively, Coach Hogan said this KU team does things he had not seen before. Well, we saw, we saw it today. Kansas offense is a problem. So yeah. it's just, none of us, I don't believe anybody here, except the biggest Dana Hogerson haters thought the Cougs would be one and two after these three games this season. I didn't think they would. I thought they would win today. I would not be shocked if they lost. I'm shocked they got trucked. Kansas dominated the Cougs today, and that surprised me. Yeah, and uh, it, of course it came down to like how they played. But, you know, uh, Chris and Dan, what? Shocked me today was what I saw progressing on the sideline with, you know, with regards to, uh, I think it was Sam Brown and uh, Manjack, the shoving. And, you know, players get heated amongst each other. Things happen on the sideline, but it, it looked very heated. Like Manjack came from, uh, came to the sideline and shoved Sam Brown very hard. And that's what that's when I thought, okay, this we're we're you know we're in deep waters right now when it comes to this program. What's going on? And so that's what, that was like just where everything culminated for me. And I was like, this is this is not it right now. That was a bad look, my, my fault, Dan. That was a bad look because it was on TV. Yeah, you know the cameras caught it. So that 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 kind of makes you wonder, man, how bad is it in practice? Is it yeah. worse in the locker room? Is there a problem going on in the locker room because this was for everybody to see? Who watching on TV? Where are they on? Yeah, no, I'm just gonna uh, kind of comment. For me, I don't think that's really much. I think that's just players com- competing. Of course, you don't want to see players arguing and, and shoving each other, but you, we see that all the time on all levels. And, and players, competitive, juicy emotions, getting the best of them. And I, I kind of like that from a leadership perspective. It's holding your teammate accountable. Of course, you don't want to take it over the edge. 
But I, I like the emotion and that they cared in that. And so I, I didn't say – I know it is a bad look. I agree with you guys. But I think it could be overblown as far as maybe um, – I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in – I'm just trying to I be think, optimistic yeah. about it, I would say. Yeah, I think it was just the fact that when it happened in the point of the game where it was like a yeah. very low point and like – of course, I mean, we've seen, I mean, if anyone that watches sports, you see team, teammates yell at each other all the time and like it gets very heated. But then at that point in the game where like people need to just chill out more and like start leaning on each other and trusting each other, it was just for sure a bad look. And uh, that's just kind of that kind of summed up, you know, the seasons thus far for me. What about from an offensive play calling perspective? Um, or lack thereof. Are, are, do you guys feel like Houston is um, limiting themselves or is the offensive line not getting playing tune enough time? Is it the receivers not getting open? W- w- what's plaguing the offense from really clicking? They got those first two drives, but other than that, throughout the first three games, they've really been sputtering offense. All of that. At, at times, the offensive line has not been good consistently at all. Where happened to the tight end? Yeah. What, what happened to that that option in in the offense? Yeah. The running backs did pretty well today. Yeah. You know, Alton McCaskill being being out. Running game has not been a huge issue. I mean, that's yeah. the thing about the, the O line. They have been consistent because sometimes they run block great. Yep. First two games they didn't run block well at all. No. And then pass protection today was not very good. I mean, as the, the game wound down, Kansas had four sacks on tune today. Sack Avenue for Houston, zero sacks. No one would have thought that going into the game. So that was, that was an issue. This team, the Cougs are just not playing well consistently long enough to be a winning team. They're one and two now. Yeah, the O-line is it's a big problem. And, of course, Clayton Tooney is probably bringing a little bit on himself too. But at the same time, I, the, the, you know, I have a friend who's on the coaching staff who had mentioned. I asked him, like, you know, hey, well, what's going on in practice, like, how, how are the players um, resolving the issues and what's like the main issue with this team, like, especially with the offense, why are we being so conservative? And he just said, the only thing he, he was able to tell me was just the O-line being inconsistent. And like when that's coming from your own, you know, coaching staff that the O-line's a big problem, they're not, they're not hiding anything. So it's just, to me, it's, it just, and he, it starts with the O-line and then yeah. of course the play, the play calling as well. But then, it's just like all everything coming together, the O-line, and then the play, con- play calling is very reserved. Um, you see, it's it's getting very predictable. Like first and second down, it's most likely going to be like a run or a check down. And then third down, then we probably try to throw it deep if we're third and long. It's just kind of – it's getting to like this old Texans offense that <laughs> we've probably been used to uh, seeing, you know, the last couple of years. But that's what it's getting to, which is not ideal of what how Holgerson – runs an offense so i'm just that's 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 what's been concerning to me got a lot of comments rolling in before we continue to talk because i got a question for you guys right I, I keep um as he just mentioned hogerson in offense but before i ask you that if you're facing a foreclosure or want to sell fast visit fivestarprops.com that's fivestarprops.com they're a dallas-based company owned by a uh alum and they're sponsoring 
um, let's rage cool. So if you other sponsors out there want to sponsor us, please contact us. Please do so. But that was a good point you brought up about Hogerson and his offense. As an offensive mind, as he's known, do you would you guys expect or want him to take over more of the play calling and handle some of that? Or, I mean, or is it just let the offense be what they are? Well, for right now, what's, what it, what's happened in these first three games hasn't worked. So if Dana Hogerson calling the plays himself fixes the problem, he needs to do it. <laughs> because what they've been trying, been doing, has not worked. So, you know, they play Rice and, and fellas. Let's be honest. <laughs> Being one and two now, the game against Rice next Saturday, it, it might be us on this YouTube and Twitter watching the game in the state, and that's it. <laughs> there might not be anybody at that game because of uh, the fickle nature of, of UH Cougar fans. I want to say this real quick about, you know, the fans and stuff. Of course, we got to show up, but at the, we're not at that stage yet where I feel like, I mean, we're not, we're technically not Big 12 yet, right? Officially. We, Correct. We haven't. So before we even get into that, like, the fans got to show up at the same time. We have to win these games. Like, if we're not winning these games, and if, I'm not saying that, oh, the fans only should show up if we're winning. I'm not saying that. But the way these last two games have gone, like, it's it's almost a question of, like, what what are they getting uh, – I guess what are they going to get happy for in the future? Like, are they are – where's the excitement coming in? So, you got to – you can't – we can't always fully blame the fans at the same time. But, you know – that the team has to just show up and play better. And it's, it's an issue because I, I think you guys get it on Twitter as well in the replies to some tweets and stuff. UH fans, football fans, are almost fed up with the team already. <laughs> three, three games in, they're mm-hmm. done. Yeah. When is basketball season starting? Fire Dana. This, this is this trash, this undisciplined, this bad. In all these things, it's just three games in. So I agree with you, Akid, but I mean, it, it really, I guess it's kind of interesting to see how short a rope that the fans gave this team, apparently, because either they had unrealistic expectations or, or something, because they're like, forget this team now. I mean, you know, whatever. When did, when did basketball start? And just in case I don't know, first practice should be about 10 days from now on 27th. Just so y'all know that. <laughs> Yeah, we got a comment um, that says it seems like the O line has been an excuse since the major Applewhite day. It's got to be something else wrong. It's an interesting comment. Um, I don't know. The offensive line definitely is a problem, but let's shift a little bit more to the defense. And I mean, like Chris said, that was one of the major things that stuck out to him, especially for me last week against Texas Tech. And when you give up that fourth and twenty, I knew. The game was over after that. I just knew there's no, there's no way it's your day when you do that. But this week, you go up two scores, and then you just really have trouble stopping. Is it the lack of talent, in my opinion? I can definitely tell we missed those two NFL players in the secondary, without a doubt, Pepe Williams and Marcus Jones. We missed those two in the secondary. But um, what's your guys' opinion on the defense? Is um, the defensive line definitely is missing Logan Hall as well, I would say, in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the defensive perspective, what, what, what is it? Is it is it coaching? It's the same philosophy. They're rolling players in and out, trying to keep them fresh. What is it? Uh, I could 
you go ahead because I, yeah. I want to just go about the, about the fan comment. It's I think it just goes back to fundamentals like that, and that goes back to coaching at the same time. But like, how many tackles all the way dating back to this UTSA game are they missing? Like today, the quarterback has probably broke 10 plus tackles a quarterback yeah and this is like this is tackles from d-line the d-line is missing tackles which is like that's even to me more inexcusable like you you'll see dbs corners safeties like they miss tackles here and there They're, they might not be the biggest guys so players bounce off of them but when you have d-line like grabbing a hold of the quarterback and like not being able to secure a tackle, like that's a big problem to me. And you know, you, you have guys like Derek Parrish, where it's like he 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 had an amazing game last week, but then it felt like he just didn't show up this week. I, I don't, I didn't really see him on the stat sheet, you know, with, in regards to the no sacks. sacks. Yeah, I mean, there were no sacks. Yeah. So, so it's it's just now it's boiling down to like everybody needing to, you know, pitch in and get get tackles, get sacks, whatever it is. Down made a great point about up the middle. I think the Cougs on the defensive tackles are doing a solid job. But in the middle, the interior of the defense, the line, linebackers, secondary, just not good. It's not been good enough this year so far, these first three games. And that's out of position, missing tackles, lack of discipline on some of the penalties. It all adds up. And part of that, that's coaching. The secondary seem confused, Chris. Like whenever yeah. I'm, when I'm watching them play, they don't know who to cover. So and, and that's that's coaching. That has to be coached because if the secondary is confused, either they're not getting it in the video film room, practice, and if they're still making the same mistakes, play somebody who gets it. <laughs> because you're right. They look lost at times in these first three games, and that's the main reason why the Cougs won it too. So well, is I know they can still win the American Conference, but at this point, is the season? I don't. I don't. It's only three games in, so it's not. I'm not gonna say it's a wash. I know from the fans are already done with Houston, but just from the players' perspective, a coaching perspective, I mean, you you can be right. Whoop de do, but after that, I mean, at, at what point would you consider? going with your younger quarterback to see what you have for the future. <laughs> Probably toward the end of the season or if the season, okay. if they go underwater, <laughs> you know, um, they should beat Rice, be two and two, and then start conference play. The, the game against Tulane, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, that, so a lot of us said once conference play started, the Cougs will be favored in, in all the other conference games. I, I'm not sure about that anymore. You know, how many of them will, will the Cougs be favored in? Besides like Navy, you know what I'm saying? And Temple. Because Tulane's pretty good. SMU's good. Memphis. And where the Cougs are playing, what reason do we have to believe that, that they're going to get better once conference play starts? And you starting to pile up in the, with the running backs. The O-line still has given us no reason to believe they have to have confidence in them. So... I don't know. Yeah. And Chris, that's a, this this is a schedule where you don't play UCF or Cincinnati. And for now the second you're year still, in a row. for the <laughs> second year in a row. And now you're still looking at this schedule like, oh man, who's you know, who are we gonna actually beat? Like, are we even gonna 
secure a bowl game at this point? Like, I mean, those are those are legitimate questions. Like, you can't you can't think in your head that like, oh no, we'll be fine from here on out. Even though we're one and two, we're gonna wash you know the American Conference. Like, we should we can't even be thinking like that. Now it's just gonna be like one snap at a time at this point. You can't really think too far ahead anymore. And I'm gonna read this quote from uh, Derek Parrish. We still have everything that we want in front of us, and that is a conference championship, end quote. Technically, that's true. But, Dan, you pulled up a comment from a fan. <laughs> I mean, here's, right, this one starts it. It's a shame mm-hmm. because as fans, we really want to believe in this team this season. So far, looking bad in three straight games. And that's part of it. The fans, a lot of fans were hyped for the start of football season. And the team has underperformed, underachieved, not gotten it done. For whatever reason, they're one and two. And the city of Houston is already fickle, fair where the fans anyway. So the team being one and two does not kind of does not inspire huge home crowds for the rest of the Cougs football season. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And so I, I'm wondering, how do you rebuild momentum? I mean, you had the momentum that you were riding from last year in the bowl game. The momentum from UTSA, who is playing Texas well, and is up 17-7 against Texas right now. But um, I also want to give credit to this Kansas team. Yes. I, I think um, uh, we're looking at the name. Well, me included, a lot of people looked at the name. It was like, oh, this is Kansas. But they have some athletes out there, especially with their quarterback. And they're coaching. I will say, I, in my opinion, for what I've watched, they outcoached Houston today. Agreed. From the way that they schemed players open, kept players first, just what they did to scheme. It wasn't as if they were just better, just telling you watch, watch the game, like, oh, they're just better. They did call good plays to get their athletes in favorable matchups to win. And so at what point does Houston build – how do you how do they rebuild momentum with all three of us knowing how the Houston fan base is in regards to Houston Cougars football? I don't, I don't believe they can. I, I think in terms of the fans, fan support this season, going undefeated in the American would help. But even then, some fans will say, yeah, but who, who do they beat? You know, they get, if they get, they could go undefeated in the regular season, get to the conference championship game, and lose to the Bearcats, fans would be like, see? see? <laughs> you know, I mean, so they, they beat a bunch of, iffy team that had played another good team and lost. That's this where the fans are. It's where the football team is. So the rest of this season, I'm not sure they can do anything to get back some of the fans who've been disappointed these first three games. Yeah, last season it was just a matter of, you know, they, they had that one loss to Texas Tech, but then they kind of showed – they they showed everyone that they could bounce back from that loss, and then they they had a they had a bunch of very good wins, you know, string strung together. But then you already have two back to back losses, and then you're, it's not like you're playing some of the best teams out there, you know, in the country. So to me, it just I, I agree with you, Chris. It's going to be def- difficult, you know, to get that you know the fans back uh, on on the side of the Cougars, but. Uh, and then just just be based off of like our history of you know not fans not really showing up um, completely you know we're not selling out the arena obviously with football 
So it's going to be it definitely it's going to be difficult. Okay. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes, we sir. Can hear you, yeah. And there we go. We are live uh, from TDC <laughs> Stadium where you can see me in the background. I got this figured out. Boy, I just got out of the uh, post-game availability with Dana Horvath and the players. I, the video is up. Uh, Dayon, Chris, I, I don't know if you guys have been able to play it. But, boy, uh, the, the, very interesting uh, post-game availability. Um, and, Dayon, Chris, can you guys see the video? We can, we can play that clip. Yeah, okay. we can play it. Before we get into it, let's take a, a quick commercial break, and then we'll get right into the video. Thank you for calling Star Pizza. This is Tim. How am I help you? This is D.A. Jones. I'm calling to order some pizza. Hey, Mr. Jones. Same order as last time? Same order as last time. Okay, and the delivery address? Man, we over on Sac Ave. Sac Avenue? Let me see if we even deliver there. We right here on your map. All right, we'll see you in about 45 minutes an hour. Hurry up. We hungry. I'm hungry, man. We eat the best pizza on Sacramento. I'm okay though. So there we go. I'm still still messing with it, but let let's go ahead and let's get into the clip. And I will James and I will hop on on the other side after. They're as good as advertised. I mean, offensively, we didn't tackle the quarterback once. We didn't we didn't stop him once after the first two drives. I mean. Not pointing the finger on the defense. I mean, offense should have scored more, and they didn't. Um, There's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, I got outcoached. Um, he's a heck of a football coach. You know, we got outcoached offensively, defensively. I take it. Um, you know, we're, we got a lot. We got a lot of work to do. Everybody's excited about transition. Everybody's excited about the future. Uh, I've done this before. It didn't. It didn't take like an off season to get to get Big Twelve, Power Five ready. It doesn't. Uh, can we hang in there? Have we proved where we hang in there and, and can compete with those guys? Yeah. Can we do it every week right now? No. Clearly couldn't from last week to this week. We've had three hard, hard, hard fought games in a row. Um, not going to blame the schedule. It's just. It's just where. It's. It's what. It's what the future is going to be, and we have got a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do as a as a program uh, to where we're going to be able to handle this every week. Um, nothing that happened out there surprised me. I mean, I don't think we're playing very good. It's on me. Is it just a matter of having? There's a certain type of player when it comes to recruiting, getting that roster. I mean, is that sort of part of the, the issue when you your roster as it is now versus a couple years down the road to get? Is that part of the, the solution, or is that part of the equation to get Big Twelve ready? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, need better players, uh, I, and we're headed there. I mean, we got guys in this program that are you know three, two, three, four years from now are are going to be a lot different than what they are right now. I mean, I'm. I'm proud of our team. We fight, you know, down 14 again at halftime. We go out there and we fight our tail off, you know, and it just didn't happen tonight. We couldn't get stops. We couldn't get any breaks. We couldn't get any big plays. Uh, you know, just didn't have enough, you know. And, again, it's three weeks in a row. We're going toe-to-toe with, with you know, some pretty good teams that, 
you know, it's, it, what's what's got? I don't know. A whole a whole bunch of stuff's got to change, man. I mean, you know, we got to coach better. Uh, you know, we got to we got to somehow figure out how to stop that offense because it's we didn't uh, we didn't stop them. Uh, you know, we got to score more. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot a lot going on. You know, put it on me. So with with one more non-conference game to go uh, in the rise before you guys start conference play, is there any consideration of maybe changing things up, whether it be a routine like how you guys approach games or, or anything just to try to get out of this funk that you guys have had in the past few past few games? No. Dana, you know, getting the start you wanted, I mean, does that make it you know, sort of even more frustrating? Was there something that changed? No. They don't. They don't panic. They're they're a good team. Same thing happened to them last year in Morgan or last week in Morgantown. They were they got down and you know and just they play. I mean that they, their head coach who outcoached me. He's got their team's attention to where they are kind of got some confidence and they're hot and they you know it's a long game. I mean I talked all week about how this was going to be a four quarter game. Got to keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, which we did. We just, you know you know just didn't play as well as they did in the second half. We knew that wasn't they weren't going away. I was happy with the fast start. I mean, people been griping around. Or they've been griping about us not being able to start fast and do something different, coach. And well, we started fast, okay, but that doesn't mean that the game was over just because it was fourteen nothing. Uh, give Kansas some credit; they're pretty resilient. So, like you hear there from the comments from Dana Holgerson, very, uh, very interesting. And the reason I said. It, it was the interesting thing is that the question towards the middle there where I asked him if he was planning to make any changes, um, albeit I, I probably should have grilled more, but in terms of routine or just anything in general, he kept it straight, uh, short and simple, straight to the point. He said no, uh, which is going to be interesting because they have one non-conference game left, and it, it, it is Rice. Now, I, we said that about Kansas heading into it, and Kansas came in here and put up 48 points on the Houston Cougars. So I don't think there's a such thing as, as a gimme game, but uh, – when you look at the fan base, they're, they're at a point where they're frustrated, and I'm sure it's been mentioned before, but Houston is now 0-4 against Big 12 opponents uh, under Dana Holgerson. If I can jump in there quick, one of the things that stood out to me that we were talking about was how, in our opinions, he got out coached, and that's the first thing, one of the first things he said. Yeah. So I, I will give credit in his under his leadership. He's been honest and critical of himself and the coaching staff whenever they haven't coached well. And – it's easy to say that, but what is going to be done to fix it? I mean, that was one of the first things that stood out to me about about his entire um, press conference. Well, one thing, let me chime in quickly. He said we got to get better players. I mean, <laughs> well, that's that's pretty that's pretty blunt. <laughs> we we got to get better I'll, players. I'll caveat that by saying he was he was directly asked about um, you know just in terms of once they do get. Uh, better place, better recruits in um, if that would change. So he, he was asked directly about it, but you're right. That, that's something point blunt. Uh, he's pretty blunt about it. Yeah, I have a, I actually have a problem with like the way he said it. There, there's there are things that like you can't, you know, shy away from questions like that, but like just the, in the manner in which he said it, like he didn't highlight any of his current players. So if, if I'm, if I'm a current player and I'm listening to that post game press conference, I'm going to have a problem with that just because I'm going to feel like my game is not good enough for this team. 
So that you, I think Dana has to just do a little better job. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying not to lie and like not be truthful, but there are ways, there are ways to like post, pose your answers. You got to be more PC when it comes to like questions like that and answers. Like you're a head coach, you know, you can't. Sometimes you can be blunt about certain things, but that's one thing you can. And then I, the answer he gave to, I think that Andy, you asked the question right um, about yeah. what can they change, and he just his simple answer was no, nothing. To me, is like, no, I'm sure there are things like you can change up, even in routine, to help fix it. So, like, if you if you keep on practicing the same way, like, how are you going to win games? Like, it doesn't make sense to me at all. So, I, I had a problem with that. With I agree answer. with you guys. Before, I'm going to have to go because I, uh, I didn't know the game was going to have a delay. But real quick before I go and we get into James, um, I agree with you guys. And to counter that, I like how he held himself accountable, but I agree with you guys 100%. You don't say we need better players. That definitely undermines the players you have on your talent, the players you transfer that you brought in. I mean, why not keep holding yourself accountable and putting it on yourself? That's what coaches, in my opinion, that are good routinely do that. They hold their players accountable, but they don't come out and say we need better players. Maybe it's better coaching. But I'm going to have to jump off you guys. Um, appreciate all our fans and our sponsors for sure. Man, down before before you hop off, just appreciate for being able to, to take the reins of this while while I was gone in the press conference. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. And congrats, man, on the gig. Still go Cougs. Yes, sir. Always. <laughs> it, and James, uh, I know you haven't been able to speak, so I'll toss it over to you. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add about the Dana Horwitz takeaways? I think for me, the, the comment that stood out the most is Derek Parrish. Um, and he, he was the one that, I mean, like you credit, he's a senior. He's one of the leaders on the defense. And he said, it. hey, they, he asked, is, this is the point, this is the turning point in the season. Can things go off the rails? And he said, you know, every goal that we still have is right in front of us. Their goal is to win the American Athletic Conference Championship. So I think that that was a really strong answer from Derek Parrish. Uh, James, would say you? Yeah, I mean... I thought that that answer from Parrish stood out to me. Of course, the they also, most of the players, when we talked to them preseason, said a New Year's Six Bowl, so that goal's probably out the window. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I do like, I did like, you know, how he was confident, how saying, you know, this isn't our American League record. Yes, maybe these non-conference losses might hurt us in terms of being able to host the uh, conference championship if UH is to get to there. They've got a long way to go to get there. Um, but yeah, that stood out. Um, and then in terms of Dana's comments, I mean, my biggest thing was y'all y'all hit on most of the things, but w- his response to your uh, question about changing things, like that's been the problem is the other teams have made adjustments. UH hasn't, um, yeah. you know, UH couldn't have scripted a better start. Two straight three and outs on defense, two scores on offense. Kansas makes the adjustments. UH can't stop them the rest of the game and the offense is very inconsistent. You know, uh, same thing against Texas Tech uh, and UTSA. They, they just haven't made those in-game adjustments and changes. And you can't expect results to change if you're not going to, you know, make some changes. Um, you know, the, when the other, team, the other teams are making changes and it's paying off for them. So, um, yeah, you got, you got to find something different because what, what they're doing currently isn't going to get you very far um, throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, one of the definitions of insanity insanity when you do something over and over again and expect a different result. Um, but real quickly, before we toss it over to uh, what Tejon Henry had to say, we also have to give 
Five Star Primary Sponsor, Five Star Properties, at as you see on the screen in the Dallas area, a business owned by UH alum. And I'd like to remind you that if you are in the Dallas area and you're looking to sell your home for cash as is, be sure to con contact our guys at www.5starprops.com. That's 972-532-SELL. Or if you want the number version, that's 7355. Once again, Five Star Properties, they'll take your house for cash as is. Once again, that's fivestarproperties.com. Chris, Akib, when it comes to this game, and, you know, we, we had mentioned on Post Talking Sports what, what, what would kind of be the worst-case scenario. And I think I think it's played out, Chris, um, to be quite frank. And, James, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it as well. Um, for a game that started off so good with uh, the early 14-0 lead um, and looked like all the players, everything they had said, um, had come to fruition. Uh, the talk, Doug Belk, I believe, is the one who said it, that the, the Houston defense was pissed off heading into this matchup. And lo and behold, to start the game, they forced Kansas, a high-powered Kansas office, offense to two, three, uh, two straight three and outs to start the game. And that leads to Houston uh, putting points on the board, and they were doing it with a lot of creativity. Um, I believe Brandon Campbell and Tejon Henry were the ones that scored the first touchdowns of the game for Houston, and Tejon Henry, someone that, that had been dealing with injuries the first two games, the crowd was rocking, and then yeah. off the nine drive, the nine play drive that led to the first Kansas touchdown, it kind of it, it seemed like Houston could never recover. Then Clayton threw through the interceptions on the following play, and and then the honestly the the train continued to derail off the tracks, um, but. It, it seemed like those. It could have been, at least from the fan base, it was a turning point, just in terms of when Kansas continued to continue to score. I know the chorus of booze, uh, but James, what, what was your feel for the game? And I think really the the fight on the sidelines. I know Dana Horson kind of gave more specifics about that, but that kind of seemed the uh, once again uh, last week when when Jace Rogers and Hassan Hippolyte tackled each other. That was kind of a uh, a showing of how the game had gone. I think the fight there on the sidelines is probably one. Uh, that kind of summarized this game and just the way it went. Yeah, I mean, entering the game, the first, you know, 10 minutes, I was feeling real good about my pick I made on Footstock Sports. Um, yeah, guaranteed UH would cover the spread. I, I, I think my final score had them winning by like 17. Kansas ends up winning by 18. So <laughs> you can see how that goes. I'll eat my yeah. words. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, I did not see that coming. But uh, yeah, again, Kansas outplayed UH. Um, they they didn't make a bunch of the stupid mistakes that UH made. Again, Dana in his press conference said, you know, stupid crap a bunch of times again. You know, unsportsmanlike conducts, holdings, things to negate things. UH, the lack of discipline that they've shown the first two weeks was still there today. Kansas didn't make those same mistakes. And missed tackles, I mean, credit Kansas's quarterback, Jalen Daniels. He was really good, and he, he seems like the real deal. But – I mean, UH defense just made it far too easy for him. Um, they didn't. They didn't present any challenge for him. So, um, yeah. Once, once, uh, once we got to that uh, rain delay, I felt the momentum was shifting. I didn't think it would get that far out of hand for UH. I thought it'd still be a competitive game, but didn't didn't turn out that way. And credit Kansas, you know, they t they took they they took the momentum and never gave it back, and they're now three and zero. And let me let me say, because James, you are correct, made a great point. Candace made adjustments, in-game adjustments. The Cougs, I, we didn't see those any adjustments from them. Um, everybody's asking now, can the Cougs beat Rice? 
we think so <laughs> we hope so but now who knows you know the way things are but i want my main point about all this is yes coach hogerson it's on me uh he takes he said he said he was out coast can you uh i'll coast him i'll play him all those kind of things guys this is three games in he said the same thing dumb crap same making this you know doing stupid stuff it's three games in coach when are you going to make changes to the personnel to stop playing guys who make the same dumb crap okay you're the coach you're in charge at some point you need to, you need to play somebody else and see if those new players don't make those same dumb mistakes i will say this yeah. chris um i think with when I mean, you're three games in uh like if you make an overhaul of like your players and stuff that might not be like the best idea potentially I know you got to make changes for sure. Like, I agree with that. But I wouldn't say, like, for example, like, Clayton Toon, like, if you – if you, I don't know who the backup quarterback is um, right now or, like, who's a, who's considered the second string. But I, that's – like, a lot of a lot of fans, they have an issue with how Clayton Toon has been playing the last two games. I don't think the solution is for him to get benched. That's just my – personal opinion because you, you know he still is that a fifth year quarterback he still has that you know he has a lot of experience under his belt but you know definitely changes have to be made like I agree with that for sure but it, I don't think it's a matter of too much about personnel like at this point oh I don't I'm not asking for I hope it's not a massive overhaul you know if it's the same guy every week making the same mistakes sit him down mm -hmm. if they're the old line old line needs help you need to make changes to the O-line. You got to do something because the O-line yeah. just has not been consistent these first three games. And, and that is a concern. Coach Hogerson said it. If the Cougs don't get a consistent O-line production, it's going to be a long season. Well, we're three, three games in, on, on, well on the way to being a long season. Real quickly, we got to put a pin on it because we have to give shout-outs to Five Star Properties. Um, once again, they are a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum, and uh, our guy Jay wants you to know that if you are in the Dallas area and you are looking to sell your house, um, whether it just recently suffered flood damage, fire damage, or anything else that, that has you needing to sell your home in the Dallas area, you got to go and call Five Star Properties at 972-532-7355. Once again, that's 972-532-7355, and be also sure or also be sure to visit them at www.5starprops.com. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. That's 5starproperties.com. Andy, James, question for you two. What happened to the tight end? I mean, Christian Trahan, yeah, he, he, he's he been one of the key Not guys for Clayton Toon two year, past two years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many catches he has this season, but he, he has not been a part of the game plan offensively at all. Um, and he, he made big plays for the offense the past two seasons. Um, I don't know. You know, Daniel was talking about all the, all the you know, receivers, the, the talent they have there, but we still haven't seen that on full display other than Tank Dell. I mean, Joseph Manjack had, had his moment against UTSA. Matt Golden's had moments. Matt Golden's had some nice moments, but we haven't seen that where it's like, you know, just been wowed with the receiving core. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's, that's where you say, like, 
why not utilize Christian Trahan more? He's been really reliable and consistent. But no, they're, they just they haven't been drawing up plays to get him open or Tune hasn't been looking as well. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it, it's definitely something that's concerning for sure. And for, for sure, one thing I did want to mention, uh, the attendance, something that was made a big deal by um, not only us on folks, but also the administration, Dana Holmerson, leading up to the game on Monday, he, he called out the huge fans. He said they need to come out, support. Um, for the first time since... I believe it's 2018 The Houston cracked the 30,000 seating. So they had over 30,000, at least according to the attendance that they handed out, they had 30,317 people show up uh, for the game, which again, brutal that, that that's been a long time since they had 30,000 people. And obviously of course, uh, the way the games turned out, is not what a uh, Houston or any of the, on the Houston coaching staff wanted the game to go, but I didn't want to mention that as well. Um, I did want to make one other point and that's about quarterback Clayton tune and, uh, something that, that really stood out uh, towards that third quarter was uh, he just looks uncomfortable. Um, and and it, I don't know if it's with the offensive line play, um, play calling or, or stuff that are designed, but it just looks like, you know, he, he gets the ball. And it's not I, – I would say he probably has a good two, three seconds to be able to, to look down the field. But once if it's not his primary route, it looks like he's kind of – looking for a way to escape with his legs and give credit to Kansas, give credit to Texas Tech. They've done a good job of being able to limit him um, from doing damage on the ground game. And, and he's really struggled the past two games to be able to, to kind of have the big plays, especially when this, in this game in particular, when Kansas went on their run um, of 28 unanswered points, he really struggled to be able to, to kind of Houston overall as an offense struggle to stop the bleeding and, and kind of hang in there. And before you knew it, they were down two touchdowns again. Um, and and that, that's really really been a big concern. And I think Chris, you bring up a great point just in terms of you know, changing things up and getting uh, whether it be the tight end involved more, maybe uh, trying to spread the wealth around. I think Tajon Henry that was a good change uh, in this game, just being able to get him more active in the receiving game. I think he he finished with uh, 107 yards. He was the leading receiver, uh, and Tajon Henry off the backfield. So that's something that they were able to exploit Kansas in, and it's something that they have to continue. And and again, it just goes back. It's been the theme of the season early on three games in just inconsistency they have flashes um and they just couldn't put it, put it together now the, this game was by far the worst from the defensive perspective just because like uh i believe as james had mentioned just they, they couldn't ha- they didn't have an answer for Jalen daniels he it looked like kansas could do whatever they wanted on on offense um with very little resistance and completely different from again the flashes that we saw on utsa and texas tech of especially up front on the defensive line, how dominant they can be. And, and again, honestly, a night and day different from where they were a year ago. Did you each have a sack? I can't remember. No sacks. No sacks. No sacks. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the first time in a long time. Yep, Kansas is going now three straight games without allowing a sack. Kansas. <laughs> this is not this is not that's the credit to their program. Yeah. yeah, that's a credit to their program. They've turned the corner. Um, they... they well, I guess Houston can hold the ten. They didn't let Kansas score fifty points, but they they got really close with forty eight. Um, and I mean, just looking at the the stats overall, I mean, Kansas really was able to do whatever it wanted to all game long, and they they had over four hundred thirty eight total yards of offense. Um, no interceptions by the Houston defense. Now, like you mentioned, no sacks. And there was a point where they converted on six straight third downs. Um, that Houston was able to get him in. So once again, it, it just drove them. I mean, six straight drives that ended in a touchdown for Kansas. I mean, that that's absurd. And 
The one drive that didn't end in a touchdown, it was actually a field goal that, I mean, they technically, Kansas, I guess not technically, but they did score a touchdown that was called out back because Kansas called a timeout. So it could have been seven uh, straight drives that ended in a touchdown. So uh, real struggles by the defense, and and they're going to have to clean that up, um, you know, going against Rice. And when they do start conference play on September 30th, the Tulane team, that they're hot. So that's going to be a tough test. James, Andy, question for you real quick. Was there any comments about the issues fans had getting into the stadium before the game? No, not. No, yeah, just just what we've seen on Twitter, but uh, there was no no one addressed it um, in terms of the UH personnel. The administration has to do better. You know, if you want, you ask fans show up, fans showed up, and you said 30,000 in attendance. Correct. But they're waiting outside to get into the stadium. Because not enough staffers taking tickets. I mean, got to do better. I was told by eight of my friends who go who are students here at UH that the line was just so ridiculous that they and they only had like two security things working and they just turned around and left because they weren't wanting to stay in. I mean, so that's that's really bad. Like, yeah, you got to make a way to. It's not and it's not that many people. Like forty thousand people is not that many compared to. Other venues have no problem getting in a hundred thousand effectively. Right. And see, that could have been your friend's first time going to T D E C U. You never get a you know second chance to make a first impression. They may never come back now because of that experience right there. You could have lost those fans. Little things like that, we as an administration continue to drop the ball and shoot ourselves in the foot. And this, I'm gonna put it up. This comment, I don't know if this is a kook fan or not, but trolling mm-hmm. us or what whatever. Welcome to the bottom of the Big 12. Until things change, this comment is not wrong. You know, we can talk about in football, of course, in football, talking about, well, we can, we're going to compete for championships. Based on what? Okay, so far we've seen no indication to think the UH football team is ready to compete and win in the Big 12. I, I do want to add to that, Chris, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, – I want to say there's, like, a lot of parading around, going around just because we've been invited to the Big 12. I've, I mean, I've seen it from Chris Pesman. I've seen it from Renu Couture. And, like, credit to them for, like, bringing the university to where it is at right now. That definitely, like I, – I was a student uh, – I was a freshman 10 years ago. And, like, the there's a big difference from where we were 10 years ago where we are now. Mm-hmm. But then, like, right now, I feel like the, the the program itself thinks, like, we've already accomplished a championship just right. by getting into the Big 12. And that's that's got to change for sure. And it's just a little too much showing around, showing off, going on. And it's like we haven't accomplished anything yet with the yes. football program. And, and, and I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put a kick. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just our final ad read of the show. Once again, we'd like to shout out Five Star Properties. They're the primary sponsor, and really, I personally want to shout them out um, because the owner reached out to us. He was really the, the first one to kind of take a chance on us. Uh, we, we had had what, uh, the, I guess we called it a demo run that we did last year during the NCAA tournament. Um, we did six episodes, six or seven episodes during the American Athletic Conference run and the NCAA tournament runs. Um, we knew we wanted to do it for football season, and it, it was really big to be able to have a primary sponsor for, obviously, the first four games of the football season. We're going to have a different primary sponsor heading into October, but Jay's already shown interest. And once the basketball season rolls around, that's for HQ, not just for football, but also for the men's basketball team come November. So 
big props to Jay to be able to be the, the first one to, to really lead in. And once again, he'd like to know, he'd like you to know that if you are in the Dallas area and you want to do business with a Houston alum, part of the University of Houston family, uh, whether it be that you're looking to sell your home for various reasons, whether it's has flood damage, it has fire damage, you just want to sell your house for cash, uh, depending on the different circumstances, be sure to call them at 972-532-7355 or visit their website at www.5starprops.com. Once again, they have an A-plus uh, rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they are the primary sponsors of the show. Once again, that's 5 Star Properties, www.5starprops.com. Chris, I'll toss it over to you. What were you going to say? I keep leading into one of the points I've made for a little bit now, and I'm and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, okay? But I've been around a long time. I'm older than all three of you guys. I'm older than most of the people who are tuning in mm-hmm. on a YouTube channel. I've covered the Big 12, okay? I've been to Big 12 media functions for years. UH is not ready to handle that side of big time athletics, okay? So as I said earlier in our show, we can do a lot of talk. We talk really good. It's time for us to back up that talk with some action and be proactive. You know, the fan issues today, we gotta do better than that next Saturday against Rice. Concession stands gotta be better. We, ha- we, we need to make the experience for fans to come to the games, to take time out of their days to come to their games, make them wanna come back. Not make them, not give them reason to stay home. And today was a drop the ball. And all I could, I, 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 And then lost. Laid a big egg, got run over by a Kansas team, which James said was a guaranteed coups win. Cover the spread. Put it out, put it out there, James. You know, it's all love. Hey, but, hey, I, I, I'll admit that. Oh, yeah. You know, and I know you do. You, you, you own up to it. But it's just the little things that we continue to do as an administration, as a program that are hurting ourselves. And then we, on the other side, complain, why don't people support us? Well, at some point, you've got to give them reason to support you. And things like today just is not going to get it done. I'm done. Go ahead, James, Andy, Aki. Yeah, this no, is the last yeah. thing. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. It's the last comment I make about, like, the program itself is, like, I feel like because of how far our basketball program has come, it's like we're just holding on to that and just – like rolling with that. And like, I feel like the football program and maybe a couple other programs are just maybe not the other programs, but like the football program specifically is kind of like they're feeling comfortable maybe because of how far our, our basketball program has come. And like, you can't even compare the two in terms of accomplishments. It's not even close. Like we haven't, I mean, we haven't even won the American uh, since when? Um, 2015. 2015. Yeah. 2015 so like in the last six seven years like nothing has been done we had a great season last year but that still ended up with us not winning a championship so yeah uh it's funny that you mentioned the the men's basketball team because honestly they they might have been the highlight uh of the game because uh, i think it was around the eight minute mark in the first quarter they got they got recognized uh, last year for their elite eight run in the american athletic conference um championship that they won and for the 2021-22 season so obviously i say that in jest but there's a lot of people on twitter that commented that especially once the rail started uh to fall off the the, the football train and and they, they had gotten down double digits so something even at halftime once again second and that's the thing where i get it and kudos because they, they it 
I'll, I'll preface it by the first two games at UTSA and the Animal Dome at Texas Tech. Yeah, they're probably tough environments to go play in, but now three straight games, albeit Kansas is a, it looks like they're heading on the right track. They're much more improved, but you can't be down two touchdowns in all three of the games, especially in the home opener, especially after the, the great start that you had. Uh, and again, just going back to something that, that we've hammered, they, they could very easily be 0-3 uh, if UTSA, mm-hmm. that game comes out differently. And that's not a point in the program where you want to be. And again, to reiterate, uh, what I said when I first hopped on, now Horace is going to fall to 0-4 against Big 12 teams since he's been here in Houston. And that that's, that just doesn't instill confidence in the fan base. And I think, uh, it's once again, you there was a lot of kind of buzz heading into the season because of what they did accomplish last year, 12-2. Um, they got to the American Athletic Conference Championship game, uh, were beating my Cincinnati, and then they, they won the Birmingham Bowl. That's kind of been really tossed out the window a little bit just in terms of the momentum that was around this program. Um, they, they hit 30,000 today. I'd, I'd be surprised if they hit it again for the rest of the season, to be quite frank. Yeah. And sort of going off that, like Holgerson's record against Big 12 teams and stuff, I would argue that he still hasn't gotten that marquee win as the UH coach. You can look at the Auburn game, but Auburn, yeah, they're, they're an SEC team. Yeah. But they're not the same team with Cam Newton and Greg Marshall, the power years. They've been they've been on the decline for a little while. They're still a decent team, but I wouldn't say that's a marquee win. And, I mean, every Big 12 opportunity falling short. SMU, I mean, it's an American. That's the it's only a, one. But, see, that's, that's, where, that's where the bar is. Think about that. that. That's where the bar is for Coach Horgerson in football at UH. Beating an average, at best, Auburn team is the marquee win for him so far. I mean, that's not impressive at all. You know, but I just, I don't know. To me, yeah, to me, he hasn't proved anything yet. Like, even when he was hired um, from West Virginia, I think with West Virginia, um, he had a, what was his name, that quarterback? Um, Will Greer. Will Greer, who played very well. But, like, outside of him, he he didn't accomplish anything really, even as a as a coach who was already coaching in the Big 12. He hadn't accomplished much there. So I think we kind of just because that coaching availability was that that position was open and we hired him. And because he had he still had that name as a big 12 coach, like it still looked good for our program. But like even up up until now, like I haven't seen much as an accomplishment. It's been just one season. Maybe he's done well, if that. But we still have like a lot to see from him. And if we end up losing Next week against a Rice team that we have been dominating for years, like then you're probably going to start thinking about, you know, coaching personnel and if the, if changes need to be made. Well, well Akib, I'll ask you because yeah. we touched on it with Andy and James on Sunday in Folks Talking Sports. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you if the Cougs, and I still think it'd be a surprise if this team goes five and seven this season. Do you think UH has the money, a wealthy alum, boost or whatever, to say Dana is not the answer for us in, in the Big 12? We need to make a change. If the wheels fall off and the Cougs finish with a losing record this season, do you think UH has somebody who, who would do that? I think we've moved in that direction to where people are, you know, we have generous donors right now. I think they recently got like a big donation if i'm not mistaken i can't remember what the My number is happening yeah so they like yeah, I don't, yeah so i'm not 
I think we I don't know what the contract situation is though. So with uh Thank you. well that, that's the thing again off the off of last season. I, I believe his contract was year. originally <laughs> yeah. James, correct me if I'm wrong. I think his original deal was a five year twenty million or was a four year twenty million. I, I get confused with the five I believe it was five. I'm uh, pretty yeah, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure it was five. Yeah. But and following a couple oh, comments ahead, here. Doug Belk's defense, three games in a row, has not looked good, okay? And this, this comment is where I'm leading to right here from J.A. Cooper 9. Big-time programs pay buyouts. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that, but I'm not sure who that would be at Houston. It would have to be probably uh, Tillman Fertitta or the, the person that anonymously donated $10 million. Um, but it, it's going to be in a really tough spot. And um i mean they the players were asked about it by a couple of reporters um today you know do they see this as a turning point um again like i mentioned about Derek parish to his credit he gave a good answer he said that their goals are still ahead of them and that's mm-hmm. primarily winning the american athletic conference championship and now it's going to be about you know going out there and actually proving it because at this point i don't i don't think the fan base has confidence in them to be able to go out to do that so they're going to have to yeah. silence the doubters uh, and i'm so I'm yeah gonna be, messy. yeah be messy yeah <clears throat> Yeah. What if the Cougs go eight and four? <clears throat> President Tour yeah. said these fire coaches to go eight and four. Well, <laughs> if they go eight and four with this weak ass schedule, <laughs> I'm saying, I, I mean, at yeah. some point, either he's the answer or he's not. And I don't believe he is. And I've been consistent in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. These two losses, I mean, they, Kansas dominated the Cougs today. Who would have thought that? Okay, Kansas. Kansas football, okay? Not Kansas basketball. Kansas football dominated the Cougs today. I think in front of the commissioner too, right? The Big 12. No, he didn't end up making it. They're they're lucky he was not able to get get in here. Uh, He would have had to sit through a 69-minute delay. He would have had to uh, uh, see Kansas run amok of one of their new programs probably wouldn't have done Houston a lot of favor. The good thing is we're already, we're official. I mean, we're officially set to join the Big 12. That's the good part. The bad part is we haven't, you know, earned that, that right. In, in As long as like, as far as the football program goes, like, I don't think we've earned that right just yet. So, I mean, I know we waited so long to join a power five conference, but like, it's just, I feel like there's, like I said before, earlier in the show, there's too much, parading going on and not enough like actual work and i did check it up i think it's four years 18.2 million for the extension so if if we end up having a a bad season not even getting a a bowl game and even getting a bowl game i don't think that's a big accomplishment this year because of our expectations but like if you do end up uh letting go of of holgerson that's a huge that's going to be a huge buyout for sure early in his contract extension so but i'm sure there's going to be a lot of good coach good coaching candidates out there like that would love to join a team heading into the big 12 so we can't i'm not going to just dismiss that altogether of like firing him that's still a possibility Ooh, well I, I doubt it <laughs> i hope know, so, so but i doubt okay. it Go ahead, well we, we'll, oh, no i'm just gonna say we're gonna transition now um to rice uh, as we wrap things up here for let's reach coogs once again the final score, Houston loses, or Kansas wins 
uh, rather 48 to 30. Uh, Kansas, they had a point where they scored 28 unanswered points after Houston jumped out to take a 14-0 lead. And from that point, Houston outscored 48 to 16 after jumping out early and really were, were just limited all around. Um, not, not even limited. They were unable to limit Kansas on the defensive side of the ball, which uh, going, uh, going back to the comment that uh, one of our commenters, one of our YouTube watchers, posted about Doug Belk. I think it's absolutely a criticism um, that, that warranted. It certainly has to be a conversation um, just in terms of how it, they've really struggled in all three games. Um, in the in the UTSA game, in the Texas Tech game, they were unable to to hold off both of those teams, and they allowed the game-time drive both. They got the games into overtime, and even then, once again, they're going back to the fourth and 20 against Texas Tech. I mean, honestly, that might end up being the play that defines the season. If yep. the defense gets to stop there, they're two and zero. They have all the momentum. They come in here. I'm pretty honestly. I'd be pretty confident that they would have had more than thirty thousand people uh, packing into the stadium, which might be a good thing, might be a bad thing, depending on if they were able to get in. I mean, shoot, if they get fourth and twenty, maybe it doesn't rain and it's sunny the whole time. Uh, but the way it ended, I mean, the the weather kind of showed where the program is right now. And kind of a funny tidbit um, during the fourth quarter, whenever. Uh, the wheels had come off. It was obviously Kansas is going to win. Uh, people had started headed for the exits, and uh, TDCU Stadium started playing All Aboard the Crazy Train, which, all of course, the, one of the lyrics says that the, the, the rails are falling off on the crazy train, just seemed to, to be the perfect type of song for, for the way the program was. But transitioning over, we're going to look ahead at Rice. Obviously, of course, Houston falls to 1-2. and two. Kansas improves to 3-0, and oh, and uh, once again, give props to Kansas for, for that offense. Jalen Daniels, man, he's the real deal. He does it um, with, with his legs, with his feet. Um, he did it. He had a couple of good passes. He had five total touchdowns, on, both on the ground. And I think he had two rushing touchdowns. Um, let me make sure. He had three passing touchdowns and he had two rushing touchdowns. So he did it all for Kansas. And from the Houston perspective, obviously, of course, they're going to play Rice uh, for the Bayou Bucket, um, which Dana Horrison said they're going to be playing for a trophy. So that's something they kind of uh, use to to kind of add extra drama, for for lack of a better phrase, for that game. But I'm going to go around the table. Uh, James, I'll go to you first. But what do you think Houston needs to clean up in their match against Rice? It goes back to just the fundamentals of football. Tackling, can't, can't miss tackles. That's still been a big issue not making stupid penalties, you know, like I understand certain penalties, but especially the, you know, unsportsmanlike conducts, those are unacceptable penalties. I understand the occasional, you know, holding, pass interference, whatever, but like they need to cut down on those too. But the, the, the disciplinary penalties that they can control, you know, they need to cut down on that. Um, I, I'm just looking for them to play a clean, fundamentally sound game of football where they're the same team for 60 minutes. They're not, you know, look like a top 25 team like they did for the first 10 minutes and then look like they don't even belong anywhere near the Big 12 for the last 50 minutes of the game. Like, So those are my big three things. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say, I mean, there's a lot of X's and O's stuff you can talk about on both sides of the ball, defense and offense, but I'll just keep it short. Dana Holgerson just has to start becoming a leader of this team, get a hold of his guys. Cause like, like James said, like the unsportsmanlike conduct, like those kind of penalties, that's going back all the way to UTSA game. And it's like three games in a row. Like 
And these guys supposedly are supposed to be grown men, 20, 20 plus years yeah, old. That's guys, one of, that so. was one of the things that was touted for this team heading into the season, yeah. how, how old they were. I think the average age yeah. was like 22 and a half. Yeah. So like that, that's just, that's probably the thing I'd emphasize most is um, these guys need to start being more coachable and the coaching staff has to start doing a better job just coaching and then holding these their guys accountable. And Chris? I, we're going to see, I, based on the numbers that he's putting up tonight against Louisiana, TJ McMahon, quarterback for Rice, he's not a mobile quarterback. He's not a runner. So that should help UH's defense because they yeah. can't they can't handle a mobile quarterback. But he's pl- he's passing. He's 17 and 27 tonight. So if he's just a pocket passer, that may help the Cougs defense and discipline. And maybe we'll just see how they do tackling wise against Rice. But the wheels are falling off. The one and two going into a game against Rice. <clears throat> I have so much respect for Chris Pesman, but I don't understand the need or desire to play Rice every year. Because revenue-wise, it's just not there. Rice fans don't come see their team play. Houston fans only come see the Cougs play when they win. So to make this an annual matchup intentionally, non-conference, just makes no sense to me money-wise. Chris, it seemed like it's going to be here to stay even when Houston gets into the Big 12. Uh, those were the comments he said about a week and a half ago when Houston yep. unveiled the extension with the TDCU uh, stadium extension that will now last for uh, through 2034 with the option of five additional years after that. So Houston Rice might be a long-term thing that's here to stay. Uh, from my perspective, I think you know James hit it right uh, on the head, and that's just consistency, something that this – program this team has just not been able to do early on the season both on the defensive side of things and on the offensive side of things um that's really been the 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 thing they haven't been able to to be in sync for the season that cost them against texas tech it's why they have to go to overtime against utsa and it's i mean the defense really let go of the rope against kansas but that's that's one of the other things that they they weren't able to stop the jayhawks today so i think that's going to be uh, that's going to be the key. And again, like you mentioned, against Rice, um, they're going to be – they were they were not a nine-and-a-half-point favorite heading into this game against Kansas, I'd imagine. Uh, they, they should be over a double-digit favorite heading into that Rice game. James, I, 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 I don't want to make you put you on the spot. We'll, we'll come to you tomorrow for Folks Talking Sports. So for those of you that are watching on YouTube or any of other platforms, be sure to check out Folks Talking Sports tomorrow. But I think that's got to be it. Consistency, how does this program respond? Because it's going to be crucial. I mean, like you said – if they lose to Rice, I think that that's going to cause a seismic shift, um, and I don't think they they should lose to Rice. Obviously, they're much more talented. They should, they should honestly, the score should look similar to when they played Rice last season. I believe it was forty-five to it was forty-five to little. Uh, Rice didn't get past. Uh, I can't remember if they scored a touchdown or if they were shut out, but they they were they were really constricted by the Houston defense. Um, it's a get-right game, and, well, they need to get right. And right now, there's not even a lot of confidence with that. We're looking at the comments. There's a lot of people that are saying, oh, let's see what happens against Rice. Uh, they they have to get in sync, and they have to steer the ship. Andy, what, uh, you, you touched on it. What did Coach Torgerson say regarding Man Jack and Brown? Yeah, uh, James, I'll, I'll let you toss in there and fill in any of the stuff that I missed. But essentially – uh, again, it, it went back to stupid crap that Hogerson has mentioned for the past two weeks. Um, I believe that what Dana Hogerson said, it, it, it was um, Brown had gotten, had allowed himself to get 
um, to allow one of the Kansas players to get under his skin. He was really ticked off about a play which led to the unsportsmanlike conduct for both Kansas and Houston. Uh, Manjack that saw that uh, from Homerson's explanation, he um, he obviously he said that the message had been to, to limit stupid crap. So Manjack kind of took it upon himself to to correct Brown that that's not what they're supposed to do. Um, that led to a conflict between Brown and Manjack. And then on the sidelines, we saw the video. Um, it, it, it wasn't clear where Manjack was coming from. He was coming off the field, but they started to get into it. And then um, that was pretty much the gist that Hoverson said. It's something that he said it was unacceptable from both players just in terms of how it handled. But at, at long story short, it was Manjack trying to correct Brown for what he allowed the Kansas player to get under his skin. And James, you can fill in anything that I might have missed. No, that was basically it. The one thing, like, I would add is just Hogerson, while he was not, he said, you know, man, Jack, that was, he was in the wrong. He did say, you know, he did appreciate the type of leadership. Like, he, he sees the leader in man, Jack. Obviously, that's not the way to deal with it with your teammates. Go shove him and fight on the sideline. Like, that's not the right way. But he did appreciate the, you know, taking accountability for, you know, just not, not wanting to stand for, a stupid thing like an unsportsmanlike conduct. And once again, it just goes back to too many stupid crap that, that what Holgerson's mentioned for since, honestly, since the UTSA game. I don't think he necessarily used crap after that game, but again, too many mistakes, too many dumb errors, and then that's what he used after the Texas Tech game, and he followed up again. So against Rice, let's see if they can clean that up. That's going to be key, but that's going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Well, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to, uh, well, depending on where you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel live, be sure to give Chris a follow on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Thank you to him for allowing us to use his platform. Once again, thank you to Five Star Properties for being the primary sponsor. And one final time, if you're in the Dallas area and you're looking to sell your home, be sure to contact them at 972-532-SELL. That's for the number version at 7355. Once again, 972-532-7355. That's www.5starprops.com. James, I'm going to toss it over to you. Where can people find you um, and your work, sir? Yeah, um, once again, thanks for having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186. And then my work is on the dailycougar.com. And I'll keep- yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akib Ghazi MMA. Chris? I just want to give props to Andy and James for Akib, of course, you know, we've been on the show today from the beginning, but Akib and James, I mean, Andy and James at TDECU Stadium, Andy's on the field. I'm not yeah. sure where James is in the locker room or, or somewhere. I'm in my dorm. You're James in the dorm. James <laughs> right across James the field lives. from the state. Or okay. right across the street from the state. So we're, but, not, we're not that far, but yeah. <laughs> but, the t- but these two guys are just proving what we've said for a while. The technology exists for, to allow us to do a show like this, this platform that we have. The so, platform is there, and we're, we're not going anywhere. We'll be sticking around once the men's basketball season goes. Um, and hopefully we'd like to hear more from you guys. Thank you to everyone that took time to comment. Um, we'd like to hear more guests to have them on the show. This is the, the vision for this show is to provide a platform for you each fans that they don't have. You don't, you know, after Rockets, Texans game, Astros games, they have a post-game show people can call in. This is filling that need for U of H until, until who knows how long we can take it. We're not going to put a cap on it. And obviously, of course, uh, it's a bummer that Houston lost once again the final score, 48-30 to Kansas. 
Um, but they are transitioning over to the Big 12. And, I mean, we're not going anywhere. They won't fire us because unless Chris decides to fire us. Chris no, not fire us. Please. You got a comment from CD, who's, I think, a Jayhawk fan. He likes what we're doing. Stick with the CD because when basketball season starts and then goes oh, in the Big 12, oh, that's man. That's going to be the big prize right there. Absolutely. And like you said, we're on the field, James. We were both at the stadium, so we're going to continue to grow. We're continue to provide that uh, instant access to have that forum. We're at the post-game availabilities. We're at the, the weekly conferences leading up to the game, so we're not just uh, random people screaming on the Internet. We're here. We're in the trenches with, with all the post-game availabilities, and I mean, just stay with us. So thank you very much. Was that in orbital right there for those, for those kind words right there? We appreciate it, and we're going to try to do better the next show. This has been fun, guys. Thank you. So again, thanks, everyone. Take care.